Welcome to the Backcountry Beat, the podcast about nature, adventure, and stewardship from Backcountry Press, streaming to you from a redwood forest in Humboldt County, California. Hey there, nature nerds. This is Allison and Michael of Backcountry Press. Hey. And we're trying out something new today that combines a whole bunch of things that I love. Plant appreciation, fascinating science, the Klamath Mountains, obviously, DIY game shows, and being nerdy, especially being nerdy with you, Michael. Oh, thanks, Allison. Yeah, I think this is a fun idea. I'm ready to roll with it. So we've put together a little trivia game for you on wildflowers of the Klamath Mountains. You know the Klamath Mountains, that wildly biodiverse and complex corner of Northwest California and Southwest Oregon that has captured both our hearts and our minds. Do you agree, Michael? I agree. So we thought this game would be fun to play along with as... Perhaps you and your pals are driving to the trailhead for an epic mountain adventure, or maybe you are just getting the dinner dishes done. You know, whatever you're up to. But know that if you, like me, are always down for some fierce game competition, you fully have my permission to grab that lost piece of junk mail from under the passenger seat and that nearly empty pen from the glove box and keep score. Michael, how do you feel about playing competitive games with me? Oh, I'm always enthusiastic for the first few minutes, and then when you start blowing me out of the water, I lose my momentum. But it's always fun to start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't do a lot of that anymore. (laughs) So in this game, we will have two rounds of ten questions each, with each question being worth one point. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. Question number one. This iconic plant is one of five carnivorous plants known to the Klamath Mountains. It supplements its diet by enticing insects inside its long hollow stem where victims endure a slow death by incarceration. I love that story. Darlingtonia californica, the cobra plant or the pitcher plant. Question number two. This wilderness area in the northern Klamath Mountains of southwest Oregon is named after a rare shrub with beautiful pink flowers in the Iricaceae or Heath family. The Calmeopsis wilderness. And within that wilderness grows the Siskiyou Calmeopsis, Calmeopsis legiana. And it's estimated that all known populations are protected within wilderness and there are about 20 different individual populations across the range of 180,000 acres. Question number three. This species of oak, yes oaks have flowers too, is endemic to the Klamath Mountains, meaning it lives nowhere else. What is it? The Sadler Oak, Quercus sadleriana. And this is an interesting one. I, you know, its range is not very well known, but where you find it, it is locally abundant. So the Siskiyou Mountains, the Marble Mountains, uh, great places to see it. It's on open, rocky slopes with ridges mixed under conifer forest. And I've also noticed it recently, it resprouts vigorously after fire. Question number four. This striking and favorite perennial wildflower forms a substantial rosette of fleshy, spoon-shaped dark green leaves. It's topped with open sprays of bright pink flowers where it grows, 
frequently in serpentine rock gardens across the range. Siskiyou Lewisia, Lewisia cotyledon. So this is one that was taught to me by a friend in Virginia. He runs a garden or garden in, on the East Coast, and he saw this plant, and he's like, hey, that's uh, Lewisia cotyledon. I sell that in my nursery. And sure enough, it's a cultivar, very popular, um, and uh, you can find it all around the world, even though it's native only to the Siskiyou Mountains. How many species of Lewisia do we have in our Klamath Mountains? That is a good question. I think there's nine native Lewisia species across the region. Number five. The entirely red flowers are the only above ground part of this plant. Now this is a mycotrophic plant in the heath or uh, Ericaceae family that gets its nutrients through intermediary mycorrhizal fungi. What is it? The snow plant, Sarcodes sanguinea. And this is a striking plant as well. Every spring, snow's receding. People see it, and they just love it. It draws their attention. It's bright red. It has no chlorophyll. And it has this mycorrhizal relationship with conifers, so you're always going to see it in a, a mid- to upper-elevation conifer forest. Number six. Heads up, I'm about to say booger. This parasitic flowering plant taps into the vascular system of its host tree and is often called the exploding booger plant. Who is it? Dwarf mistletoe in the genus Arsithobium, nicknamed because of the seed coat. It's sticky, and when it reaches its full fertility, it's ejected with remarkable propulsion flies and sticks to a new, a new host tree, maybe even your forehead if you're within range. And there's this is considered the Northwest California because of our diversity of pines. This is considered probably the dwarf mistletoe epicenter outside of uh, the Sierra Madre of Mexico. There's at least 12 taxa in the Klamath Mountains. Epicenter, not of um, earthquakes generated by the shooting seeds but of biodiversity? Yeah, epicenter of biodiversity. Okay. But okay, also some... exploding boogers in the right time of year. Okay, very good. Number seven. In the year 2021, the botany world was taken by storm with the discovery of carnivory in this wildflower, which grows in the Klamath Mountains. Now, among monocots, this species is the only known instance of carnivory via a sticky track mechanism where it secretes a digestive enzyme on its stem to supplement upwards of two-thirds of its diet. Who is it? The Western False Asphodel, the Triantha occidentalis. So this is just an amazing story, as you just told us in the intro, but what is another amazing part of this is it often will be taking advantage of two insects in two different ways at the same time. One for pollination because it's on the flower stalk, the sticky um, trap. And then it will trap other insects or maybe other uh, invertebrates for that matter, maybe a spider, on the stem and eat them. So it's eating insects and using them as pollinators at the same time. Dang! Next one, this riparian plant in the family Saxifragaceae probably has the largest leaf of any plant in the Klamath Mountains. The umbrella plant, Darmera peltate, 
and it basically is going to be along almost any lower elevation you know not necessarily coastal but just a little bit inland stream of significant size across the Klamath Mountains and it's the only species within the genus Starmera so it's monotypic genus. In a pinch it also makes an excellent hat for sun protection if you're hanging out on the river bar and you need that. Very true. Next one. This vegetation type is one of the most important for Native American cultures across the Klamath Mountains. It is difficult to visit a river bar and not see the legacy of thousands of years of stewardship by the first peoples in these woodlands. What are they? The oak woodlands. So that's an amazing story if you're traveling, say, the 299 corridor, the 96 corridor, you stop at maybe what's now a rest area or a campground, and you'll notice the oaks. And they're often Oregon white oaks, but sometimes California black oaks in this scenario that I'm describing. And these were the village sites of Native people. Now, obviously, some of them still are village sites, um, but they were historically the hotspots for people to live along the rivers. But because of lack of fire and urbanization, there's been a stark decline in many of the oak woodlands across California and beyond. Last question of round one. These plants are an important indigenous basketry material, and their flowering stalks arise like white torches, especially in recently burned areas. Bear grass, Xerophyllum tenax. The hoopa use this plant to create a border pattern in their baskets as well. Okay, so that's the end of round one. I hope you all did well. I hope we didn't stump you too bad. There are some more challenging questions coming up in round two. I should have warned you about that. So do your tallies if you need to. I hope you're all in the lead. Okay, round two, ding, ding. Here we go. According to our iNaturalist project, Biota of the Klamath Mountains Geomorphic Province, how many species of native orchids can be found in this region? A mind-blowing 24. Now keep in mind the orchid family is the largest family of flowering plants in the angiosperms around the world. But in California, Asteraceae are the most common uh, is the most common plant family. But 24 different orchids in the Klamath Mountains. Amazing. This extremely poisonous plant is native to Western North America. It grows one to two meters tall with a leafy stem resembling a corn stalk and moist soil, usually in wet meadows where you can find them by the hundreds. California corn lily, Veratrum californicum. And amazingly, we have two other Veratrums in the Klamath Mountains, the Siskiyou false hellebore and the green false hellebore. This obscure plant, which is part of the rose family, has only three other ancient relatives worldwide. It was first named in 1992 by Dean Taylor and Glenn Clifton when they happened upon it in the eastern Klamath Mountains. This is one I have yet to see in person. I've seen it in picture. But the Shasta Snow Wreath. And of course, when we say discovered by these two gentlemen, these two fine gentlemen, they were the first to document it for Western science. 
But that all being said, this is an ancient lineage, one of what we call a paleo endemic. And more than likely, it went, quote unquote, undiscovered by Western science for so long because it is similar to shrubs like ocean spray and nine bark, other um, plants that are, have similar leaf structure, but when not flowering, the Shasta snow wreath really stands out. All 67 manzanita species on Earth are found within the California floristic province. How many of these are actually in the Klamath Mountains at the northern extent of the California floristic province? Thirteen species of manzanita in the Klamath Mountains, four of which are endemics growing nowhere else on Earth. Those include the Gasky manzanita, the Klamath manzanita, Mallory's manzanita, and the Del Norte manzanita. Now, it has been proposed that Northwest California and Southwest Oregon are at the epicenter of biodiversity of true lilies, the genus Lilium. These herbaceous flowering plants grow from bulbs, all with large prominent flowers. How many lily species are found in the Klamath Mountains? This one, there's a little bit of a range here, but between seven and eight species are currently known from the Klamath Mountains, including the near endemic Bolander's lily, which grows only in Del Norte and Humboldt and Siskiyou counties in California and Curry and Josephine counties in Oregon. Now, everyone loves a good blueberry. The vaccinium species in the Heath family or Ericaceae are quite diverse in the Klamath Mountains. How many species in the genus vaccinium, which includes things like bilberries, huckleberries, or blueberries, are found here? At least seven. And yes, you guessed it. There is an endemic. The Siskiyou Mountain Huckleberry. It's really a little bit unknown exactly the range of this species. We need some more documentation, but the heart of the range is the Siskiyou Mountains of California. Okay, this is round two, so things are getting a little more challenging. Here might be a stumper for you. This plant is only known from Mount Eddy. Mount Eddy's the high point of the Klamath Mountains, is You're that correct, correct, Michael? Yep. And it is a striking many-headed flower that has yellow throats and violet lobes. So a true subalpine species, the Mount Eddy sky pilot, Polymonium ediensi, and it was recently split out from a different species from Southern California. I think it was 2015 or 2016. It's uh, these polymonium, they're commonly called Jacob's Ladder, and there are between only 25 and 40 on Earth of these species. And they love these cool places, often in the Arctic, Northern Hemisphere. And there's also one species that occurs in the Southern Andes of South America. Now, the showy part of this beautiful and kind of secretive wildflower with heart-shaped leaves are actually the sepals. It has no petals. Who is it? This is wild ginger. Asarum caudatum. Common names for this favorite wildflower genus include pussy ears, cat's ears, mariposa lily, and star tulip. Who is it? Calicordus. There are five known species in the Klamath Mountains. 
the naked mariposa lily, which, as the name implies, does not have hairy petals, the elegant star tulip, aka pussy ears, which has very hairy petals, and the hairy star tulip, aka pussy ears again, has also very hairy petals, but the hairs do not extend beyond the petal tips. So watch for those hairy petals. <laughs> and here it is, the final question of round two. The seed heads of this high country wildflower are unmistakable and lovingly referred to as Einstein heads because they resemble a shaggy mass of white hair. Or I always thought of them as little white truffula trees. Who do we have? The Western Pasque flower, Anemone occidentalis. Okay, and I have one bonus question here because, believe it or not, even though this was a trivia game about wildflowers, flowers, flowering plants, Michael was trying to sneak in a question about conifers. <laughs> so. Oh, this is going to make me feel so much better. Thanks, Allison. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So we'll have to include this one. The warning, it's not about a flowering plant. The branches of this Klamath Mountain endemic conifer species have a distinctive weeping habit. They're often found along high elevation rocky ridgelines, most commonly in the Marble and Siskiyou Mountains. Who is it? My favorite, one of my favorites, I can't claim too many favorites here, but I love the Brewer Spruce, Picea Breweriana. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just one of those iconic species. Obviously, you said it's an endemic, grows nowhere else on Earth. But when you get into the heart of the high country, the Russian wilderness, Marble Mountains, Trinity Alps, Siskiyou Wilderness, Red Buttes Wilderness, these things are just decorating the ridgelines. And they, they just set the scene. You know you're in the Klamath when you see these beauties. Okay, that was fun. I hope you liked that. I had fun. Did you like that, Michael? I did. Now, if you're wondering what all these plants look like, you can check out our blog post linked in the show notes to see a photo of each. And did you know that Backcountry Press has a book all about this topic? It just happens to be called Wildflowers of California's Klamath Mountains. Check it out. It's available both as a paperback and an ebook, which is very lightweight for backpacking, might I add. This gorgeous field guide features 629 species, subspecies, and varieties, and over 800 photos organized by flower color. So this podcast episode was a total experiment for us. Let us know if you like playing nature nerd trivia with us, and we are happy to make some more. Thanks for joining us, and happy botanizing! <laughs> <laughs>